Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Baron on Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. And our sponsor for this first half is Odd Moe's Pizza. And you know what? If people are tired of turkey... Which I know I am. Because it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You could call Odd Moe's and get a new a pizza. Yes. Right? You're, yes, absolutely. And I, and, I, and I brought you a new one to taste. You did. It was, the it's Reggie called, they called ve- the Reggie. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, Amazing. It's just, it really is just vegetables. It's mm-hmm. just, it's Mike's play on words. It's not a veggie. It's a Reggie. Reggie. Right. The veggie, the Reggie veggie. Yeah. Well, and they're a very baseball-oriented company. Yes. So that, But anyway, it's a great vegetarian pizza. Oh, my God. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, you realize that we are now almost all the way through the year, and we still have not had a show without a guest? Right. And we have a guest with us today. We do. Go ahead and introduce him. Um, Jason and I met through my networking group. Um, Jason, I'm going to let you tell people what you do, but Jason's a good friend of mine. So tell me what you do, Jason. I am a chiropractor here in Kaiser, and I've been doing that since about 2016. And um, helping people get well, making people feel good, and... And where's your, where's your chiropractic office at? So I'm at uh, Cherry and Alder, right across the street from Bymart in Kaiser. Yeah. And it's not just your office. It's, there's a name for your center. Right. It's the Aspen Grove building, and there's several people in there all devoted to wellness. So we have massage therapists on one side of the building and a hydrocolon therapist and um, uh, tattooing for eyebrows and all the, the ladies' voodoo arts. Mm-hmm. She, she That's helps. That's actually pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been in your place, and um, I have a chiropractor I've used before I knew Jason. Um, and I will tell you that chiropractic has lots of different ways to go because mm-hmm. I've gone in to see Jason, and you've used this, like, wrap thing on my ankle. Oh, yeah, the, the voodoo wrap. Yeah. Uh, that, that's stuff people can get for themselves. Um, I like to do a lot of different things because everybody is different. Uh, so some people tell me that I didn't do anything. If they don't hear it, they don't feel it. They want the good old-fashioned manual adjustment, you know, cracking necks and backs. Other people, that terrifies them. So they come in, I've got neck pain, but don't touch my neck. Mm -hmm. So there's a lighter touch for those people, instruments, and then all sorts of modalities. And you have a really fun gizmo that uses like this gel and electric shock. Close, yeah. I knew I described it wrong. (laughs) So I I think you're referring to the piezo wave. Uh, Piezo means pressure. See, I would even remember that name. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I use it a lot every day, so I remember. Um, It's really cool. It uses sound waves to produce a high-pressure wave that goes through the tissue. It felt like electricity when you did Uh, it. It'll, it'll, yeah, rock your world. It did. (laughs) Um, But the cool thing is you only feel that where the injury is. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So it helps us locate the exact place that you're injured, and it's not always where you think it is. Um, And then when we stay in that place, that pressure wave stimulates that injured tissue and really focuses your body's natural healing response to target that injury. And um, it works. It works really well. I didn't want to buy it. It was it was pretty pricey. But <laughs> well, the, the rep was smart. She said, well, "Take it home for a week. Try it on all your patients." Well, I was one of you. Tried it on. I'm done and done. Yeah, Sold. exactly. I, I had rolled my ankle during that Spartan race, and it just oh, wasn't yeah. healing. And I thought, well, you know, he was just saying, hey, I'm looking for some people to try this thing out. So I came in, and, and there's like a little gel he puts on, and then he puts that sound mm-hmm. wave. And he's going to make it. He's like, oh, no, it hurt there. Nope, it's fine there. And I go, oh, 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 yeah, you found the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it literally felt like electrical shocks. 
when mm-hmm. you hit the spot, but it's sound waves that hits it. Yeah, it's sound waves. Uh, I usually tell people to expect a achy, crampy feel. It feels like you're getting a cramp in that. Some people have described it as a toothache in like your elbow yeah. or wherever we're working. Okay. But as you can tell, our guest has a little bit of knowledge in overall yes. health. Yes, he does. Yes. Well, and, and our guest has met Brenda, who was our call-in last week. Yep. Um, and Brenda, we had this conversation about this book that we're going to dive into today. But the, the book is called Think and Eat Yourself Smart. And the one chapter we're talking about is called The Mad Truth About Mad, which is the modern American diet. We just talked. It was a great conversation about the cost of real food. Mm-hmm. What, what was your big takeaway from that whole conversation? Do you remember? Or are you drawing a blank? I'm drawing a blank. I'm so sorry. Well, the big takeaway for what I'm is still the in a food coma. <laughs> One of the big takeaways for me was people are like, it's so expensive to eat real food. Yes. And yet we spend $310 million a year on Halloween costumes for our pets. Yeah. We spend $150 billion, no, I'm sorry, $15 billion a year on ringtones. But I can't wow. afford real food. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a slightly different take on that. Let me hear it. Well, you have heard it, and I think it'll come back when one of the talks that we gave for Kicking Cancer way back at the Honky Tonk. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers. It's been a while, but the cost of food has come down, or food-like products. But my argument would be it's worth spending the extra money on real food because your health is where you pay the price on other things. And I would argue that the cost of a surgery and high-end drugs mm-hmm. is way more than an organic piece of broccoli. Absolutely. So, well, and, and I decided to turn to part in the book because you brought that up. This lady in the book, she says when she goes down the aisles at a grocery store, she's not looking at the cost of the food. She's looking at the cost of the problems. And currently, as a nation, we spend $100 billion on obesity-related illnesses. Right. Wow. $100 billion on obesity-related illnesses. A year? A year. That's out. In, in 2016. So it's only skyrocketed, I'm, I'm sure. Those numbers only continue to climb. Well, the prediction was in 2020, which is still three years ago, was it going to go from, from $100 billion to $283 billion for obesity. Whoa. So the phrase that Brenda used was either you take time for your health now or you'll be forced to take time for your illness later. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. Yeah. And do and you want to feel good or feel like crap? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Higher. Yeah. Like uh, when I eat a lot of sugar, I don't feel good. I feel luggish. When I eat just anything that's not my body, because I don't know if it's because I've started working and focusing on my diet and eating better real foods, but when I don't eat those real foods, my body can definitely feel it. Well, yeah. you continue to hold the Segway Queen title <laughs> because today's topic is all around sugar. Oh, So okay. what you just mentioned is it. Yep. Before we get too far into it, though, our 100 disease-fighting foods, and yes. I know that Jason will have some good comments. Today's food is blackberries. Oh, yum. I love blackberries. And, and I've gotten old enough that I actually have to get some help reading this. That's okay. <laughs> it says, blackberries, deep blue-black color, tells you this fruit is brimming with cancer-fighting and heart-protecting antioxidants. Blackberries, in general, are part of the MIND diet, which is a... Mediterranean-like eating plan that may help stave off Alzheimer's and other forms of cognitive declines. Um, One cup of blackberries gives you almost eight grams of fiber, which is actually a third of your daily 
goal. That's a good amount. So what are your thoughts on blackberries, Jason? Well, we keep hearing about all these amazing foods that are the next big deal in fighting cancer or antioxidants and it's surprising how much we learn about everything that we look into and it's always just real food Um, we're always surprised that the things we're supposed to eat that are available help us work better feel better Um, I do like berries quite a bit because uh, they're low in the glycemic index you can eat them pretty easily Um, they're not going to mess you up and make you feel all sluggish like you were talking about earlier. Right. Um, And those deep, rich colors, you know, eat the rainbow. Eat the rainbow. Eat all sorts of different colors. They're all good for you in a special way. Mm -hmm. Before we get too deep into our sugar conversation, we always like to bring an update. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this update for a while because it's next Sunday. Guns and Hoses. Oh, yes. The Cornhole Tournament. Yes, it is. So the... I have a gentleman that I met this summer. He's a fire arson investigator. And we met first at the softball game. Then we actually met when he was at, I was at a job with Serpro, and he showed up to investigate the fire. But he said, what's the chances of doing a cornhole tournament? Well, I just thought, well, let me get creative. Well, don't let that grass grow. And we have a cornhole tournament next Sunday. It starts at 11 in the morning. It's at Honky Tonks. You don't have to be a policeman or a fireman. Anyone can play in mm-hmm. this tournament. You just go to kicking-cancer.org under events and then sign up. It's $50, which is helping us cover the cost of the building and the guy who's organizing it. But the name is the fun part. It's the Guns and Hoses. I lo- That's probably one of my most favorite names of your all of your events that you've put on. The Guns and Hoses. The Guns and Hoses. Because it's cool. It's the cops versus the firefighters. Yeah. It just gives it some spark to it. Well, and you have a copy of the flyer. What's fun with a flyer is there's two cornholes. Oh, yep, there it is. So there's there's two cornhole boards, and one looks like the police flag, and yep. one looks like the fireman flag. One's got the blue stripe, and one's got the red stripe. Yeah. So our update is actually something that's coming up really soon, and that's going to be next Sunday. I'm excited. Well, let's jump into our topic. How does that sound? Okay. So I'm going back to the book. This section is actually called Admit It. We actually have to admit that there's a problem. So that we can fix it and work on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to reference three chapters, and I'll just read you some stuff and then get Jason's thoughts here on these different chapters. But this this chapter is actually called The Trouble with Mass Production. And we have figured out how to industrialize food. Mm -hmm. So in in the efforts to industrialize food... Sorry, wrong page here. There we go. Um, It says that now, for example, you can readily find soda, chips, cakes, cookies, breakfast cereals, and candy in small convenience stores in African villages, Guatemalan towns, Asian cities. So those countries actually had not as many uh, cancer problems because they didn't have the processed food. Right. Uh, They had real food. Yep. In the past 35 years, the world's obesity rate has doubled. According to a 2013, which is already 10 years old, global burden of disease study, around 2.1 billion individuals worldwide were overweight or obese, while obesity-related illnesses were responsible for 3.4 million deaths. Whoa, that's a lot of deaths. Mm -hmm. Obesity-related illnesses, 3.4 million deaths, with 3.9% reduction of average life expectancy. <coughs> Jason, what do you think is going on for this obesity to be a problem? What, what are your thoughts here? Well, it becomes a problem because the, the things that aren't real food become very cheap. 
and very readily available. It's much easier to just stop in at the the convenience store and convenient. grab a bag of chips and a soda. And I mean, it it gives you that little high, that little sugar rush, and your belly's full, and you know you can eat your feelings if you want. Yeah. it's just so easy and it's so cheap. It's actually a lot of work to to do it the right way now. Um, and if you do that every day and we're sitting and we're not out there moving all the, that much, modern life is pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not without stress. We still have a ton of stress, right? Mortgages and spouses and bosses and kids and, you know. Life in general. Life in general, right? So um, you just keep reaching for that little, that little bit of help during the day. It tastes good. It feels good. Helps you get through. Mm-hmm. And it just adds up over time. Well, and that's going to, his little stress thing is going to play into the next chapter. But you said something a minute ago about the convenience stores. And what I find interesting about this section of the book is you think about these African villages, these Guatemalan towns. These are regions of the world where it really was real food because that's all you had. Right. And yet bigger corporations have figured out how, how do I put a 7-Eleven? How do I put a Circle K? How do I bring Pepsi into these little regions? where they didn't have that kind of food before, but they do. And if we make it dirt cheap, because it's got to be cheap in order for a Guatemalan town to afford it, but now we're putting this processed crap in their life where they used to actually have real food. Sure. Well, the food industry is not always about food anymore. It's not about nutrition for you. It's about bottom lines for the shareholder. Well, what Mm -hmm. is the phrase you use, Magna? Um, They put our health. Their wealth. Yeah, their wealth before our health. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They and then you art. can see how, I mean, I imagine it's a lot of good people that are running the companies, but it's very easy once your priorities are, you know, you're going for a goal that is not in line with the well-being of right. the, the people. So, And then it's hard for us because we, convenience is so nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, we all live busy, busy lives with uh, kids, spouses, school, sports, work. I mean, everything, trying to maintain friendships and relationships and all of that stuff. And I mean, just like a cake, for example, a boxed cake takes minutes versus doing it from scratch. But not only are you eating better when you do it from scratch, but you're also making those memories, too, if you're doing it with your children and whatnot. Absolutely. If we slow down and actually make cooking part of the, the yes. household again, then you're alleviating, alleviating some of the boredom that you have. You're mm-hmm. teaching the kids. You're, it's time to connect with your spouse if you cook together. And then you're cooking whole foods. So it's, it's a big part of the solution. Yeah. But it does take a little bit more, so it's a mind shift. you got to change the way you're thinking about what you're doing. You're not just eating for convenience. You're actually making it part of your life. Yes. Well, when we introduced Jason, we told where you're at and what you do. But what we didn't do, so maybe back up for a second. Um, So you're a chiropractor. That's right. And you went to chiropractic college. Mm -hmm. And I often joke with, uh, with Jason, do you know what they call the guy who finished last at medical school? No. Doctor. (laughs) <laughs> you want to call the guy who finished first at medical school? What? Doctor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't go to medical school. That's right. Chiropractic school is very similar. Uh, some some differences. We don't prescribe anything, so we don't take a lot of pharmacology. Um, double down on the anatomy and physiology. Uh, lots of nutrition. Um, but you didn't finish last? No, I did not finish last. You finished second? First? Yeah, top top five somewhere in there. Top uh, five. They, they didn't parse it out quite that detailed, but yeah, uh, magna cum laude got all sorts of awards. Nice, that's yep. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It but was a you, good time. I'm good at school. You are. <laughs> he's a smart guy. But also, you have a master's in what? In nutrition. 
So he actually has a master's in what we're talking okay. about. Okay, that's great. So, you know, he yes, he, he has a very natural, uh, holistic approach to your body, but he's got the knowledge to back it up. Yeah. So I just wanted to get that clarity as to we didn't just bring some guy off the street to talk right. about this <laughs> stuff. Um, there was something you brought up a minute ago that I think weighs into the next chapter I want to bring up in the book. And this chapter is, is Chapter 5. People can find this book on our website if they mm-hmm. go to kicking-cancer.org under Resources. It says Books. This one is... Um, and what's an, the name of that book? So this book is called Think and Eat Yourself Smart. Perfect. And it's a green book. They'll see it. They'll see the cover when they yeah. go to the website. This chapter is actually called Marketing to Children and Other Scandals. Mm-hmm. And this is a very annoying chapter to me. Yes. Um, but it says large corporations, and we were just talking about, like Jason was saying, probably good people at the head, but they're they're answering to shareholders, so mm-hmm. they're looking for the bottom line dollar. Large corporations spend millions of dollars on research annually calculating the precise amount of fat, sugar, and salt that will satisfy our taste buds and keep us coming back for more, regardless of the health consequences. Mm-hmm. There is a corporation... Uh, company. It's called the Manel Chemical Census Center, and it has performed experiments on young children, feeding them various sugary foods to calculate their, quote, bliss point, mm. the level at which their desire for sugar is at its climax. Then they take that data back to these corporations to figure out how many of these products to put inside of the food. Oh, wow. What are your thoughts, Jason? <laughs> Well, yeah, that Other goes, than frustration. Yeah, lots of frustration. But I understand. I mean, they're trying to increase their bottom line. And it just happens to increase your belt line at the same time. <laughs> That's a good way to phrase it. So I, I did a course, and I, I've worked with um, a little shout-out to Dr. Frisch. Um, but he gave me a line that I really like, and it was, um, eat food made for human life, not shelf life. Ooh, that's a good phrase. Right. So a lot of this comes back to shipping and processing because it makes the food last longer. Then you don't have the loss in the stores from from things going bad. But the problem is when you make it so it won't go bad on the shelf, it makes it really hard for your body to digest. You take out all the, the nutrients. You take out all the things your body recognizes, and you make it with stuff that won't be digested. If the bacteria won't eat it, if it stays good forever, like what's it going to do in your body? Right. Um, so again, it takes us back to the business model, and the the objectives objectives have changed. It's it's not made for you to be healthy. It's made to create a profit, mm-hmm. um, and and then to make a profit, like you're talking about. How is it the most, the tastiest, the crunchiest, the the thing that gets you addicted, literally addicted? Yep. Um, so that you you don't feel good if you don't have it, and you feel really good when you get a taste of it, but then you have to come back. And can we get you to buy one size more? Because we've already made it. The packaging's the same. If we get you a little bit more, that adds a little bit more income. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, um, there's a you know the uh, marketing phrase. I think it's Lay's potato chips. It says you can't eat just one potato chip. That was kind of their marketing phrase. Yeah. Right. But but that is a literal phrase because they've added some stuff to the chip that has an addictive quality. And so you go, oh, it's good. Oh, another one. You yeah. can't eat just one chip. Right. Yeah, a can of Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. they, so they, 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 again, their company is designed to make money. Yeah. And they're using food to make money. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at our health to make money. Looking at how no. much food can we sell yeah. to make money. And I think they really market to the children or the younger uh, generation because they don't know better. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't know 
you don't care. Right. And so I feel like they target that particular audience of the young, not stupid, but I guess naive mm-hmm. um, generation well, versus us. That's lock like, them in for life. Yeah. That's a great marketing plan. Mm-hmm. It so, is. So you will hold your title all show long with the Segway Queen. <laughs> There's actually a phrase in the book that says targeting children when they are young is, in fact, a significant way to establish lasting brand loyalty. Yep. And they spend $1.8 billion annually. Jeez. $1.8 billion marketing specifically to that age group. Yeah. So they're, they're, so they're creating the brand loyalty. If that's how much they spend on marketing, you already know that, I mean, their turnover is much, much higher than that. And that's just insane. Yeah. Are you familiar with the, the idea of um, food deserts? Yes. Okay. Explain it, though, for the so listeners. The, the idea being that there are places, especially like inner cities, where you just can't get fresh fruits and vegetables. So all you have access to, regardless of who's marketing what, is chips and soda and processed food. Really? Because, again, it stays on the shelf. It doesn't go bad. It's easy to ship. It's easy to store. It's cheap. Uh, and yeah. people like it. So you know, it, it works for everybody in the short term. Well, there's a group here in town, and they're um, they're they, they're gleaners. the The nonprofit is for gleaners, which is people that go out in the fields and they pick. They get all the f- vegetables that haven't been c- picked up on the edges. Right? Mm-hmm. It's free. You just become a volunteer with this group. It's called Harvest Salem Harvest, I believe. But that food is going to rot. It's just not cost effective for the farmer to send someone out and get all these potatoes or whatever. But you can go out there as a volunteer and get it for free. So mm-hmm. it's a great organization. Yeah. But I sat down with their executive director, and she showed me four food deserts in Salem. Oh, in Salem. Wow. And I said, how can there – we are surrounded by – how can there be yeah, a In the desert, valley. Right? The, the Willamette Valley is clear full of food. Yeah. Well, one of them is about two blocks from here, Amanda. Really? The corner of Silverton and Lancaster is considered a food desert. Now, do you know why? Why? There's a college across the street, and most of the housing along Lancaster is um, middle to lower income. A lot of it is Latino, and so mom and dad are both working. So kid gets off the, the city bus, and right there at that corner, there's a Safeway, there's a Circle K, there's like three convenience stores, and they have to walk two blocks to get home. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad put a couple bucks in their pocket when they got the bus, and then what do they do, Jason? I get a snack. Yeah, a quick, easy, convenient snack. Hey, if I'm mom and dad, I'm giving them a couple bucks to get a snack because I don't want to deal with a hungry teenager on their way home. Man, oh, man. <laughs> you got hungry. Put that bear into that. hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> so they considered that little section of Salem a food desert because even though we have real food, the programming, mental programming of those kids is here's a couple bucks. Mom and dad are both working. Here's a key to the house. Go get something to eat. And they walk in and they get a bunch of processed stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have four of those in Salem. Oh, wow. So, yeah, food deserts are a real thing. Yeah, that's eye-opening. I didn't realize it was right here. Yeah. And it's usually relatively close to a school and a lot of housing. And it's where mom and dad are both working. Yeah. I mean, where I, I lived near Judson Middle School and Sprague High School, and there, when, there's a corner by my house, and there's a 7-Eleven and a Circle K within a half a block of each other. There's really? A bus stop right at that corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel for parents. I mean, I, I've, I've got four kids of my own, and we used to have them, we'd make breakfast, we'd give them a healthy breakfast, 
we, we'd have them pack their lunch. Uh, they would maybe eat some of the breakfast, but a lot of times throw a fit or skip, and then they go go to school and get a chocolate muffin. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It was so easy mm-hmm. to just go around uh, that, you know, it's, it's a struggle as a parent to get them to stay within the healthy guidelines that mm-hmm. we know is important. Mm-hmm. It is. But man, uh, it's so easy to get worn down. It is. Uh, in, the, in the mornings, I make my nephews um, a breakfast sandwich, so I'll toast their toast and fry up some eggs and do some meat and cheese. And um, it's important to me because I want them to have a good, wholesome, decent meal before heading to school. But it can be a struggle sometimes. I, I'll admit I have to set my alarm even earlier to sacrifice that so that they can eat a little bit better. So it's definitely um, you have to take away a little bit from your time and whatnot, but the, the benefits outweigh it. Well, we mentioned the corner of Silverton and Lancaster in our last last minute here. Not only is there a Circle K, there's also an Odmo's Pizza. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> there is an Oddmo's Pizza. So let's give a shout out to Mike because you don't have to be in that food desert. Go you see Mike. You do not. And Go he's got the most amazing options um, that are healthy, beneficial. Let him just take care of it. All you have to do is give them a phone call and they even deliver. Yeah. How amazing is that? And these kids can call from their phone on the bus and walk around and pick the pizza up and walk home with the pizza. Mm-hmm. And what was that one you brought me today? The, the Reggie. The Reggie. Which that. is actually all vegetables. And that's phenomenal. You can't even tell there's not meat on it. It's so delicious. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. 